How are you doing? How's your day going? Um, I'm doing great, Sergio. I uh, just got done training. Got to stay shaped. Got to stay ready. Who knows? Bellator might need a late replacement, or the UFC might need a late replacement. I'm a free agent, so whoever wants me, come get me. How uh, how has training been throughout the uh, throughout the pandemic? Obviously. Things have been shut down. I'm up in Canada, so things here still haven't really fully opened up yet. So how has your training been throughout the entire uh, pandemic? Um, very careful and cautious. Uh, I run a lot, so I'm staying in shape. Uh, gym just started opening up slowly. <gasps> Excuse me. So training has been really good. I'm able to still train at the highest level with my teammates and my coaches and still perform as if I haven't took a break. I'd like to I'd like to kind of start talking about your MMA journey. Like how'd you get involved in the sport? As someone up in Canada, it's not really big here. You know, wrestling isn't huge in high school. Um right. so it's always nice to hear about how people got involved in uh in the sport of MMA. Well back in 2013 I was living with an ex-girlfriend of mine and I had no job. I mean, I lost my job pretty much. So I was always going 24-hour fitness just to work out. A guy approached me. His name was James Harvin. He was like, hey, I noticed you go to 24-hour fitness. I've been seeing you. You seem like you're dedicated and you've been consistent. Have you ever thought about doing MMA? I'm like, what's that? Never even heard it. He's like, oh, you know, mixed martial arts. You know, come by my gym. Take a look. It's like it's self-defense. Come by. I'll show you. So, okay, okay, I'll check him out. So I come by Monday, he showed me MMA, like, oh, UFC, like, Rampage, Antonio McKee, um, John Jones, Conor McGregor. So he shows me all these people. I'm like, oh, you know, then he checked me out on Bell. He he showed me Bellator, you know, Will Brooks versus Michael Chandler, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, man, I can't compete this level. He's got to be too good. So he's like, hey, just try it for two weeks. You know, who knows? You might like it. So I go ahead and try it. First two weeks, I'm actually doing good. I'm just going off pure athleticism. So then after the two weeks, he's like, hey, I noticed you're doing good. You ever thought about fighting in a cage? You know, amateur. I'm like, "Mm." I never even thought about it. But, you know, it'll probably look cool with me fighting in front of a bunch of girls trying to get all, you know, fighting. But I never thought I was going to be pro. So after the first two weeks of training, he's like, hey, I got you a fight. Let's do it. I'm like, what? After two weeks of my first time trying, he got me a fight the next week in Reno called Reno Ultimate Combat, uh, I believe so. I fought this wrestler, knocked him out in like the first, no, the second round. And I was like, man, this might be the sport for me, you know? So then that's how it pretty much all started from that, from that right there. What was uh, the reason for the long amateur uh, career? I mean, you spent a long time in the amateurs before you made that pro debut. What was the reason for uh, for spending so much time down there? Maturity. I didn't know. I didn't know if I was going to do this long term. I didn't know I was going to be a pro fighter. I just I didn't know. Like I just fought just to fight. Um, it was exciting, but. I didn't have a team at the time, and all of a sudden, poof, get a call. Hey, uh, a friend of mine knows Jane, who wants to have you fight for Bellator. Cool. 
down. Let's try it. You know what I'm saying? My first pro fight for Bellator. So I lost that. But remind you, I didn't have a corner. Yeah. So I was like 5-1 in my debut. So then me and my girl broke up in 2015. I was out of control. I had no job, no car. Lost it all. I met Antonio through via Antonio Mikitu via Facebook, and we talked. He's like, "Hey, man, I got a fighter home. If you want to fight, you're welcome to come down here. We got a fighter home where you can stay with us and train, live with us. Come on down, homie." So I packed up all my stuff. Literally had nothing. Moved out there with Antonio McKee. Lived with, with him in the house. I didn't have a job, so his son AJ McKee ended up giving me a job. As a stripper at a strip club that he was, <laughs> he was a security guard at. So from there, that's when I joined Team Body Shop, and the rest was like history. At the time, we had uh, Emmanuel Newton, we had Bubba Jenkins with us, you know. So I got to learn from those vets, and time flies, and this is where I'm at now. Seven fights in my career, you know, thirteen fights in my. Yeah, about 12 fights in my career on a five-fight win streak, and I'm ready to make some noise, bust some asses. You know, a lot of people who fight in the amateur circuits, they don't really go pro. I love how vocal you are on uh, Twitter and on social media about being ready to fight. You're like, I want to fight so-and-so. I want to fight. Call me. I'm always available. A lot of people talk the talk. Are you really ready for a call if it were to come in and and – how, how soon of a turnaround would you uh, be willing to take? Give me about a month or three weeks to a month. Let's go. You know, I walk around at 180 now. Fight at 45, fight at 55. You know, let me get down to 160. I'm ready to go. But if you want me to fight at 155, a week later, okay. I need to start cutting weight now. You know, I'll make it, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. Just need to cut the weight. I'm already in fight condition. I just need to cut weight. Now is probably the best time. I mean, you're seeing guys get opportunities. Uh, even guys who you'd think, it's like, are you really UFC caliber? It just it's, Sometimes it just seems like they're, they're signing guys left, right, and center because they need fighters. I think now is the best time to, to really just kind of stay in shape, stay ready. Is that kind of the reason why you're like out there being vocal just in case one of these opportunities slide into place? Well, Sergio, everybody knows the pretty boy. He's known for loud mouth, big talk, and he backs it up. I backed up five fights in a row. I'm not a fighter. I'm an entertainer. A fighter is just stuck to one vision, fight. That's all he knows. An entertainer does it all. Fighting, acting, singing, modeling, dancing, you know, promoting. Be able to do it all. You know, if you say, oh, I'm a, oh, I play, I'm a musician, but, I, you know, I do the guitar only. Okay, I'm a musician, but I do every instrument. You're more valuable than yep. the guy who plays the drum. Okay, how good are you with the piano? How good are you with the vocals? How good are you with the drums? I'm excellent on all of them. You become a, a, a more valuable asset to that company. And I'm ready to go. I'm vocal on Twitter a lot because that's just who I am as a person. 
I'm on a five fight win streak for a reason because I back it up. I fought for the biggest organization in the world besides the UFC and and Cage Warriors and one championship, and I won on all the circuits. I fought on Combat Day, I won. I fought up in Bama and UK and hostile territory twice. I won both. I fought for Bellator. I won them both. You're not going to be able to stick me in the contender series. Why? Contender series are pretty much for nobodies who's just coming out the woodwork. Me, I'm a seasoned veteran. I'm known. People know who I am. Most people who are USC fans might not know who I am, but the Bellator fans definitely know who I am. So I transitioned into the UFC. I become a bigger household name. The flamboyant rated R superstar, Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. I love it, man. I like that. Uh, I find a lot of people nowadays, especially in the UFC, are really just kind of not really calling their shots, not really picking anybody else, just doing it respectfully. And I think guys like Conor McGregor, guys like Colby Covington are really kind of setting precedent for what needs to be done. And I think uh, you're a great example there as well, saying it's more to this than just being a fighter. You have to be marketable. You have to sell yourself. Um, I guess, what's your message for, for guys who are, who are coming up, who may be, you know, not getting the opportunities they need? How, how can they be marketable? How can they sell themselves, whether it be on social media, interviews? What would, you, uh, what would you tell them to do to really get their names out there? Engage with your fans, especially on Twitter, Instagram. Engage, because when you engage and you give people the knowledge, they're like, oh, man, who's this guy? I've never, oh, he's a fighter? Oh, wow. He seems cool. Let me follow him. Let me like his pictures. Same thing goes for your Twitter. You got to engage with the fans. You got to give them what they want. Without the fans, you're broke. MMA fighting is the brokest sport. The brokest major sport there is. No one's Nobody in a roster, when you think about the MLB, you know, um, Asia, um, Hockey, National Hockey League, yep. NBA, the NFL, soccer, when you say, okay, your minimum contract is three to $500,000 a year, you're the 12th man on the NBA team, you're the 12th man, you play zero minutes, but you still get your base, or you're the 50 third or 54 player on a football team, you get no ball, you get no run, but we're going to give you your minimum 300000 Look at MMA. They don't do that. You know? You look at the growth of it, but yeah, but there's no there's no liability backed up on what's working. That's a fight. There's guys who's fighting for so many years. I mean, you can't play John Jones. Yep. John Jones has been fighting since he was young. You know, it's been undefeated for so many years. That count, DQ doesn't count. But imagine if John Jones went to WWE. Yeah. He'd become a bigger name, house, more of a household name, a bigger star in WWE. He'd be a bigger star, in period, than he would in MMA. Imagine if Conor McGregor transitioned over to WWE. Yeah. You know, so but people got... When you're, when you're starting off and you want to get known, you got to engage with your Twitter fans. I do it all the time. I engage with celebrities. You know, they like my posts. Yeah, you know, I engage with other UFC fighters. I engage with 
Mick and Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard, I let them know that who I am. That, okay, who's this guy with the present? He's not signed with nobody, but I see that he has a Bellator. Okay, is he signed with No. But I make that present to be known like, this is who I am. I talk shit. I make it happen. Call me if you need. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great message there, especially for people coming on the up on the upswing. They really need uh, to make it, make themselves known. And nowadays, fighting on the regional circuit isn't enough. You have to be vocal. You have to get out there, do interviews, uh, talk to fans, like you said, and, and really just make sure that people are noticing you. Did that you being, see the Contender Series yesterday? Yeah, I watched it. So, you seen that guy, you know that one guy that was just, Outstanding that everybody's been talking about. Yeah. Remember Mikey Gonzalez that fought yesterday? He lost. Me and Mikey Gonzalez had a big Instagram war. You know, we talked about fighting, but I was going to get paid. Bellator going to pay me, what, $2,500 just to fight you? And I've been fighting. Lauren E. Like, come on. So he gets his chance to go to UFC. He lost a chance. How ready are you? You know, he broke in that fight. Not to talk back about bad about the guy. Props for him going in there on a short day notice, but he broke. He broke down. He lost the, the mentality. Yeah. And this fight, you fight, this This is going to break you. And the reason why a lot of these fighters give up in the fight is they've never been broken before. They kick everybody ass, or supposedly the people that they kick their asses. A lot of these guys that they're fighting, fighting, fighting on regional shows where they're fighting guys who are 0 and 4, 1 and 5, 1 and 6, 2 and 7. You know what I'm saying? You dominate those guys, but then when you fight a guy who's like 10 and 1, you're like, oh, Chef's got my hand to you. It's different. Now, this has nothing to do with Mikey Gonzalez. I'm just saying just people in general. Yeah. You know, because he went in there and he performed as a warrior, just like everybody on, on that roster did. You know, so it's about how prepared are you mentally? If you're there mentally, you be ready. You've talked about being an entertainer, uh, not just a fighter. Right now, it's a really weird time because the person you're trying, the people you're trying to entertain are the fans, and they can't even be in the arena. As someone who, uh, you know, feeds off that, feeds off the crowd's energy, wants to perform for, for the crowd, what's it like for you, you know, just... You know, obviously, I'm sure you'd like to get back in the octagon, but I'm sure at the same time, or octagon or cage, whatever it happens to be, but I'm also sure you'd love to do it in front of a, a sold-out arena, not an empty empty arena. So what does that what does that do for you? I mean, are you going to sit this out? Are you going to wait? Or are you just going to get back in there? And how do you make up for the fact that the arena is empty? It does. I look at it like this, right, Sergio? Everybody's fought once in their hometown and their amateur pro circuit, right? Yep. I never did once. I never once fought. I'm from the Bay Area. Alameda is where I'm from. Oakland Arena is my spot. I've always had to fight someone from San Jose in their city. Amateurs, I had to fight in Sacramento, Stockton, Fresno, Visalia, LA. I have to go as a pro to Budapest to Ireland, to England. I had to fight people in their backyard. Do you think me fighting without a crowd is going to change any of that? 
I'm used to playing the Triple H role, being the bad guy, being booed. Hey, better off without you fans booing me. Let me just focus on my guy. I don't need your boos. Because every time I'm fighting someone, I'm fighting the, the hometown guy. It doesn't bother me. You know, I'm used to that. I'm okay with that. You know, fans are not. But when I do come out with the fans, oh, the best believe they will love me at the end of the night. Simple. So there's a big fight coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, arguably the biggest fight of the year, in my opinion, the biggest fight of the year, and one of the biggest maybe of all time in DC, DC versus Stipe 3. What's your thoughts on it? Who do you think is going to win it? DC is going to dominate him unanimously. Because why? He's going to wrestle. He's just going to wrestle. He's not going to make this mistake. Go off in the career and sunset and win with a win. doesn't matter how you get the win, get the win, retire, you're good. You know, I I trained with DC uh, twice, a couple times. Good guy, funny stand-up guy. You know, he's, he's a really cool guy. And just overall, like, man, I, he, he deserves He's putting that work. You know, he's, he's put in his dues. He's done what he's done. And he's ready. You know, I give him the unanimous decision. I'm not going to say TKO or... A split, I give him a unanimous because he's going to use his wrestling to get it done. So I'll ask you a couple more questions and I'll let you go. I'll ask one MMA one, one non-MMA one. So the first one is the platform I built in MMA was kind of built based on making matchups after fights. So I'd do like after a fight, I'd be like, Jim Miller should fight so-and-so. Is there one person, whether it be in MMA or outside of MMA, who you would die to fight? That's definitely uh, Nate Diaz. Me and, him, me and him have a bad feud together. We don't like each other. Bad blood between us two. We see each other on the streets, we're going at it. It doesn't matter where we at. Bad blood between us. We both swung at each other at a Bellator event. You know, bad blood. Where does it stem from? I think a lot of when I it was because I beat his uh, teammate Chris Avila at Bellator, I showboated it, rubbed it in their face because I'm the pretty boy. I do what I want and I do what I do. And he got mad, threw a water bottle at me. Six of his friends ran up on me. He swung at me. I swung at him. No one got hit, but you know, Bellator staff was in the way to prevent it. And from there on, we just don't like each other. Last question, man, and then I'll let you go. For for uh, for MMA fans, for people who are who are your fans, how do they how do they get a hold of you? Are you active on video games? How, what what sorts of things do you do to, to stay active uh, outside of MMA? Um, I'm active on Instagram, Anthony underscore Pretty Boy. I'm active on Twitter, very active on Twitter now, Anthony underscore For Real, and Facebook, Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. All right, man. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Hopefully I can see you out there sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah. doing, doing entertaining, man. Appreciate it, sir. So thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. All right, man. All the best. Stay safe. Keep washing your hands. Don't catch anything, man. Absolutely, sir. Thank you.